0: local leaders, top stories, the news that matters most to you. The News Drive at 5 with host Patrick Reynolds starts now.
1: Welcome to the News Drive at 5 here on WSIC News Talk Radio. I am Patrick Reynolds taking you home on this Wednesday February the 21st, 2024, 5.06 p.m. Eastern Time. And right away, we are joined by Jim from iCats. Good afternoon, Jim. How are you?
0: Good afternoon, everybody. How are you today?
1: We're doing well up here in our Statesville studios. Tell us what we have looking at the roads today for traffic.
0: Well, coming down to Charlotte uh, from Statesville, I had no problems. I see no problems. Uh, you got the usual jam up there, getting ready to cross the water, southbound. Uh, Northbound, going out of the city, seemed to be a little bit heavier than yesterday, but everything's moving along smoothly. So don't see any problems today.
1: Wonderful to hear. No incidents at all. Just the usual delays a little bit. Sun's getting low in the sky. Probably a beautiful sunset over the lake. People likely taking a look. Where are you located right now, Jim?
0: Yeah, the uh, the only thing that I saw out there was there were some troopers out there with radar somewhere around exit 27, 26, somewhere around there Okay. on the southbound side.
1: All right. Well, good that the police are keeping us safe and keeping an eye on the roads. Happy to report no incidents. Good to talk to you, Jim. We appreciate the update.
0: Good to talk to you guys. We thank you a lot.
1: Thank you. Have a good afternoon, my friend. Jim from iCats giving us our traffic update, traveling from Statesville down to Charlotte. Pretty smooth. A little bit of a slowdown over the causeway, as we just noted. Beautiful sunset over Lake Norman, but we encourage everybody to keep the traffic moving. Keep your eyes open, ears open, pay attention. Northbound a little heavier, coming out of Charlotte, uh, heading up towards the lake, but no incidents to report. That is very good news, and we thank Jim from iCats for the traffic update. 5.08 p.m. Eastern Time, and right before Jim, right before the news drive at 5, you heard Town Talk With Bill Russell, the president of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, each Wednesday at 4 p.m. right here on WSIC News Talk Radio. Getting in touch with the community, well, Chamber of Commerce, that is the heartbeat of Lake Norman. So if you want to hear the words of Bill Russell and Town Talk, please, Wednesdays, 4 p.m. right here on WSIC News Talk The top five at five news stories that we are tracking for you this evening. The Lincoln County Sheriff's Office is asking for help finding a missing man. Iredell County Commissioners support sale of two medical centers. Cornelius authorizes use of state money for some town projects. Davidson pursues a kayak launch and hundreds of homeless animals Well, they're going to get a second chance at life. Those stories and more coming up on the News Drive at 5. Also, we will continue with our ticket giveaway for the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show this coming weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. We've got a four-pack of tickets to the show we're going to give away after our 545 commercial break, five—excuse excuse me, 844 Studio 4, 844 Studio 4, that's 844 788 3464. That will win you a four pack of tickets in about 35 minutes to the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show. Craig Conover of Bravo's hit series Southern Charm will be at the show this Friday and saturday so call in if you want to call in ahead of time talk about the news headlines we would love to chat with you that's what wsic news talk is all about our top story tonight in iron station lincoln county sheriff's office detective james woodard is asking for the public's help in locating a missing man jacob lockman age 36 of orchard road in iron station was reported missing by his father on February the 19th. The North Carolina Highway Patrol was dispatched to Keever Dairy Farm Road around 7.30 a.m. on February 18th to investigate a motor vehicle accident. The vehicle crashed into a bridge, and when law enforcement officers arrived on the scene, the occupant or occupants of the vehicle could not be located. Lockman is believed to have been the driver of this vehicle. Family members say they have not heard from Lachman since the accident. The vehicle sustained heavy front-end damage, and there is concern Lachman may be injured. Lachman is described as a white male, 6 feet tall, and weighing around 180 pounds. He has brown hair and hazel eyes. Anyone with information on the whereabouts of Jacob Lockman is asked to contact the Lincoln County Sheriff's Office, the Lincoln County Communications Center, or the Lincoln County Crime Stoppers. In Lincolnton, well, the agenda was light on matters to discuss or approve the, the gravity of the annual report presented at the meeting by the joint Lincoln County Community Child Protection Team, and the Lincoln County Child Fatality Prevention Team, the importance of it could not be overlooked. These county-specific teams were created in 1997 by order of the North Carolina General Assembly to review and recommend system improvements leading to reduced incidents of child abuse, neglect, and fatality. The composition of these teams is also mandated by law. Sherry Reinhart, the executive director of the Lincoln County Child Advocacy Center, who presented the report, said, quote, The overall goal of this team is to identify ways to improve the delivery of service to protect the most valuable resources, our children and our families. Both teams are to advocate for the recommend system improvements and needed resources where gaps and deficiencies exist and to report to the Board of County Commissioners and to the Board of Health and Social Services their findings. The Child Fatality Prevention Team reviews child fatality cases on a quarterly basis in February, May, August, and November of each year. The cases can't be reviewed until at least one year after the date of death. These meetings are not subject to open meeting laws and cases must be reviewed in closed session. Records are received from multiple sources, including hospitals, medical practices, law enforcement, DSS, health departments, and most mental health records. The local team may not contact, question, or interview the child, parents, or family members. All information relevant to the case being reviewed in confidential and only discussed during closed sessions. Breach of confidentiality is a misdemeanor offense. In 2023, the CFPT reviewed nine child fatalities. The Lincoln County Community Child Protection Team meets monthly to review active cases of abuse and neglect from the Lincoln County Department of Social Services. The purpose of the CCPT is to assist DSS in planning and providing services to prevent further abuse and neglect of children. In 2023, DSS investigated 676 cases of abuse, neglect, and dependency in Lincoln County, which involved over 1,800 children. The joint teams identified the following needs in the county, such as lack of parenting skills, substance misuse, domestic violence, mental health and substance abuse, as well as gun safety. We'll have more details on that story a little bit later in the broadcast. News Drive at 5 rolls on more of your headlines around Lake Norman, North Charlotte. I'm Patrick Reynolds. We'll be back. The News
0: Drive at 5 will be back shortly on 105.9, 100.7 WSIC. Local starts here. Now, to speak with Patrick Reynolds on the News Drive at 5. The number to dial is 844 Studio 4, WSIC. Local starts here.
1: Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 for this Wednesday, February the 21st, 2024. Patrick Reynolds taking you home on the News Drive at 5 at 5.18 p.m. Eastern Time. We are about half an hour away from our ticket giveaway to the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, the Park Expo and Conference Center in good old Charlotte, North Carolina. Shows this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I've got a four-pack of winning tickets going to one lucky caller at 844-STUDIO-4. 844-788-3464. Craig Conover of Bravo's hit series, Southern Charm, will be appearing at the show this Friday and Saturday. That winning phone number, 844-STUDIO-4 or 844-788-3464. Or if you'd like to talk about the news headlines today, either way, WSIC has room and ears for your voice back to the headlines tonight in Iredell county the board of commissioners agreed on tuesday to express its strong support for community health systems sale of davis regional medical center and lake norman regional medical center to novant health the federal trade commission announced in january that it was filing a lawsuit to block the sale on the grounds that the deal threatens to raise prices and reduce incentives to invest in quality and innovative care that would benefit patients. Iredell commissioners discussed sending the letter supporting the sale during their pre-agenda meeting on Tuesday afternoon, and then added it to the consent agenda during their regular meeting. The letter addressed to the U.S. District Judge Kenneth Bell stressed that accessibility to high-quality health care is very important to both our growing community— and to our ability to recruit and retain employers. The commissioners wrote, It is our view that the transaction will help ensure that the Lake Norman Regional and Davis Hospitals not only stay open, but improve the quality and expand the availability of services to our community. Only Vice Chairman Burt Connolly spoke on the matter during the regular meeting. Connolly expressed his frustration that the federal government is more concerned about blocking a sale between two private companies than it is about stopping the flow of undocumented immigrants across the southern border. He said, quote, If they mess around and shut down Lake Norman, we're going to have a big problem. I hope somebody will wake up. We really need community support for this. End quote. The FTC's move to block the sale came 11 months after the two healthcare companies agreed to the $320 million transaction. Under the proposed deal, Novant would acquire Lake Norman Regional Medical Center in Mooresville, which is located 11 miles away from Novant's Huntersville Medical Center. Additionally, Novant would acquire Davis Regional Medical Center, a behavioral health hospital in Statesville, and other assets including a physician's group, of 24 physicians employed by Lake Norman Regional Medical Center, also a a majority interest in an endoscopy center in Mooresville, and an entity holding a North Carolina Certificate of Need to build an ambulatory surgery center in Mooresville. The FTC alleges that the proposed deal would allow Novant to control nearly 65% of the market for inpatient general acute care services, in the eastern Lake Norman area, which primarily includes Ardell County and northern Mecklenburg County. Inpatient services include a broad range of essential medical, surgical, and diagnostic services that require an overnight hospital stay. In Cornelius, a Marathon Town Board meeting ended on a high note nearly four hours after it began, with the commissioners authorizing the use of $3 million allocated to the town in the state budget to cover the cost of near-term projects that otherwise would have been paid for directly by the town. The state budget signed into law in October, including a directed grant to the town for capital improvements or equipment. The dollars must be spent prior to October 3rd, 2025, with the grant stipulating the return of any unspent funds to the state. While the grant money could be spent on North Carolina Department of Transportation partnership matches for prioritized road projects, there is a higher risk of the deadline expiring prior to the realization of those projects. Town manager Andrew Grant said, quote, My recommendation is very similar to what we experienced with our American Rescue Plan Act federal funds, that we received a few years ago. Grant's recommendation to spend the state grant funds on near-term town projects that are anticipated to be cash-funded ensures that the dollars will be spent prior to the deadline imposed by the state. The projects identified, all of which are expected to be wrapped up prior to October 25, which is the grant deadline, they include Phase 1 of the Tennis Pickleball Project at Bailey Road Park, that's 1.2 million. The resurfacing of roughly 5 miles of town maintained roads, that's 900,000. The purchase of new self-contained breathing apparatuses for Cornelius firefighters, that's a half a million, and the replacement of the playground at Legion Park at 400,000. The Bailey Road Park project, designed to add 12 new tennis courts including the existing courts to be converted to pickleball use, which was paid for by capital funds while the road resurfacing project would have used Powerball funds. The new SCBA units, the breathing apparatuses, requested by Fire Chief Barbie at a uh, budget planning session earlier this month to replace existing equipment nearing its end-of-life date and the Legion Park playground, which is over 20 years old and not currently ADA compliant, were to be paid with dollars in the town's general fund. Grant added, quote, this is known as the supplanting route, freeing up our funds that would have been otherwise been spent on those projects. The second step of this route, according to Grant, is redirecting those towns funds to be sent on legislative priorities, including $1 million to bridge the gap in funding for road, sidewalk and stormwater improvements as part of the town's Smithville infrastructure project. Grant said, quote, when we started that project, the estimate was $4.4 million, and we had $3.4 million allocated, so there has always been a million-dollar funding gap, end quote. Grant recommended spending the remaining $2 million on uh, Department of Transportation Partners' road projects. He said, quote, we're projected to sell approximately $13 million worth of road bonds in the next few years. By applying $2 million of cash toward these roads projects, that would help reduce the amount of road bonds we would have to sell in the future, which is a good thing, especially with the high interest rates right now, end quote. Ultimately, the town board approved spending the grant funds on the four projects outlined by Grant. The board also agreed to spend $1 million of the freed up town dollars on the Smithville project but delayed allocation of the remaining $2 million until a later date. Now, earlier in that same meeting, the board was presented with details regarding the serve, which is a pickleball and kitchen, a proposed business venture that would include indoor and outdoor pickleball courts. Also included were Top Golf swing suites, a community room, and a restaurant. The project is being pitched by local entrepreneurs Jack and Robin Salzman, and if approved, would be built on roughly six acres adjacent to the Lake Norman Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram dealership on Shartown Drive. The presentation was preliminary in nature, and no decisions were made regarding the project at Monday's meeting. The proposal will soon be brought before the town's planning board, which will then make a recommendation for the commissioners to consider at a later date. Another project a bit further along in the process is a proposal to build a second Royal Bliss Brewery. The flagship location is in Denver on a three-acre tract on Harborview Drive, east of the Lake Norman Cove at Jeton neighborhood. Earlier this month, the planning board voted unanimously to recommend approval of the project, albeit with several conditions. Those conditions include stipulations regarding outdoor amplified live music and entertainment, the height of the light poles in the parking lot, the maximum parking rate, and appropriate screening of rooftop equipment. Music and entertainment would be prohibited outdoors prior to 11 a.m. as well as after 10 p.m. Sunday through Thursday, with that ending benchmark time extended an hour to 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. Parking lot poles would be restricted to a maximum height of 22 feet, and the maximum parking rate can't exceed 12 spaces per 1,000 square feet of building area. The fate of the proposal rests in the hands of the town board, which will likely cast a deciding vote in the coming months. Now, a little bit more details on the surf pickleball, and kitchen Members of the Cornelius Town Board did get their first look at a proposal by DB Entertainment to build 16 new pickleball courts along with a restaurant on Charton Drive. They liked what they saw. They had no opposition. The proposal moves on to the town's architecture review board, and that will be on Friday of this week. Once up and running, the serve is expected to have 60 to 70 employees. Servers will be paid $15 per hour. Plus tips, DB Entertainment is seeking to amend the zoning on approximately 64 acres of vacant property located on Sharktown Drive. The plan is to build an over 51,000 square foot facility, 10 indoor courts, 6 outdoor courts, as well as the restaurant. There will be more than 150 seats for guests in the restaurant, bar, the lounge, and cafe areas. Now, DB co-owner Jack Salzman hopes to go through the planning board March 11th and in front of the town commissioners for a final vote at a meeting on April the 1st. Salzman, he's a former co-owner of the Lake Norman Chrysler dealership, said, If this is the schedule, we are hopeful to get a permit from Mecklenburg County 45 to 60 days after the April 1st approval. News Drive at 5 rolls on. We've got more headlines for you. Patrick Reynolds taking you home. We will be right back.
0: More of the News Drive at 5. After we pay the bills. On 105.9.100.7 WSIC. The News Drive at 5 continues now on 105.9.100.7 WSIC. Here's your host, Patrick Reynolds.
1: Welcome back to the News Drive at 5. Patrick Reynolds taking you home on this Wednesday, February the 21st, 2024. 5.35 p.m. East Coast time. We are about 10 minutes away from our ticket giveaway to the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. Show is this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday down there. Craig Conover of Bravo's hit series Southern Charm will be appearing at the show on Friday and Saturday. I got a four pack of winning tickets to the show in about 10 minutes. 844 Studio 4, 788. Three four six four. We'll get you the winning tickets. However, if you call before then and want to talk about any headlines and news, we'd love to hear from you. Eight four four studio four. Back to your news drive at five. Headlines in Mooresville. Local transportation projects were the subject of just a small portion of the nearly twenty hours of presentations and discussions. At the town boards planning retreat earlier this month but the impact they can have and the investment they require made that a high interest topic at various times during the three-day event road projects along with sidewalk improvements and greenway sections took center stage with dollars a constant factor in the discussions A list of transportation-related projects, including locally funded improvements, as well as state-coordinated projects requiring municipal contributions, is vast. Those where the town has already committed at least some funding and more is needed. They include improvements at Langtree Road and North Carolina 115, the widening of Langtree Road, the East-West Connector, Mazeppa Road flyover, and the work phase sidewalks for pedestrians, access, and matching funds related to the state's widening of Brawley School Road. Downtown transportation improvements. We got a traffic signal at Overhead Bridge Road, North Carolina 150. Traffic signal at the Ashland Creek Drive, Kistler Farm Road. And a North Main Street sidewalk extension to East Mooresville Intermediate School. Also in Mooresville, town officials have discussed an extensive restoration and revival of historic Moore Park for years, with a tour of another municipal ballpark included as part of the twenty twenty two out-of-town planning retreat and a detailed presentation from a firm specializing in park rejuvenation during a 2023 in-town brainstorming session, and earlier this month, in a summation of previously prioritized capital investments delivered during a budget planning session, a five million dollar placeholder for more park phase one improvements was included on the 32-item master list of potential projects. Aligned with those actions, the board's original agenda for its February 20th session included consideration of a contract for Moore Park Design Services with Dodd Studio, the company that made the pitch at the board's 2023 retreat. During that presentation, company owner Dan Dodd outlined an over $1 million design service package that would provide a detailed look at what Moore Park could be with a compilation of logistics adjustments and additions needed for a renovated baseball park featuring a 1,000-seat covered grandstand, a field house, concession area, new restrooms, and a flex space concourse for other amenities or temporary additional seating. In the proposal on the agenda, the scope of the the design work was scaled back to the preparation of a general schematic design for about $459,000. However, based on the board's discussion at Friday's agenda briefing session, it appears that entire process may be shifting back to the drawing board. After Chris Wyckoff, Mooresville's Director of Facilities and Constructions, outlined the details of the proposed design contract, Commissioners Lisa Qualls and Mayor Chris Carney took turns expressing reservations about moving ahead with the project. Carney said he needed to know more about the firm's previous experience with similar projects, especially municipal ballparks, before endorsing the contract. And Qualls said she did not want to move forward with investments at Moore Park until the town finalizes plans for the future road network in the area around the park, where railroad crossing closures and other traffic flow adjustments have been discussed. Commissioner Gary West then joined in, saying he would be more comfortable given the significance of the Moore Park project and the potential investment involved with a fresh start in the search for a contractor. West said, quote, we need to reevaluate this, adding in that other similar ventures the town has taken the time to make sure we did it right. Wyckoff said the town could initiate a request for qualifications process, and commissioners agreed that no action on the contract proposal would be taken at that meeting. Another item set for consideration was also put on an altered path during Friday's agenda briefing. Developers have requested rezoning of a 30-acre parcel off Ryan Hart Road for a residential project containing up to 72 townhomes. As part of the proposal, North State Development would partner with the town on the construction of a greenway section, including a creek crossing, that would connect to the Selmer Burke Middle School campus. The initial debate focused on the amount of North State's contribution to the greenway, specifically whether they should bear the full cost of the bridge across the creek, but it quickly turned to whether a public greenway linked to a school campus was a positive addition. In Davidson, barely four years into what is traditionally a 10-year cycle of tackling prioritized municipal projects in a long-range plan, the town has made progress in more than two-thirds of the action items highlighted in its 2020 Comprehensive Plan package. At the town board's recent session, laying some of the groundwork for discussion expected at the board's budget planning retreat this week, Principal planner Trey Akers provided a data driven update on comp plan progress, showing what he described as commendable achievements in addressing 101 specific action items included in the plan. In his report, with information generated through a new implementation guidebook designed to provide a regular summary of the town's progress on priority undertakings, Akers said the town has completed 22. 0.8% of the action items, including individual plans, mapping out goals and guidelines for downtown development, historic preservation, and affordable housing, with in-progress status on another 41.6% of the items. The Implementation Guidebook, Akers said during his recent report, will serve as an ongoing and regularly updated reference to help staff and elected officials keep track of progress on comp plan priorities. The report was also designed to help guide discussion at this week's annual budget retreat, where the traditional subject is the formulation of strategic plans to identify the most pressing priorities and potential budget impacts. After providing an overview of the details provided through the new implementation guidebook, Akers told the board that's enough of the boring stuff, he was quoted, and said he believed the town was doing very well in pursuit of its comp plan objectives in response commissioner tracy brandon said she appreciated the report as a reminder of the wide assortment of in progress and planned town projects mayor rusty knox acknowledging town staff members for the continuing in the trenches efforts to address the prioritized issues also expressed appreciation for how much comp plan progress has been made. In his report, Acres also provided an update on data compilation related to more than 100 key metrics linked to providing services to town residents and future planning. Metric items include historic preservation, parking needs, jobs and workforce data, economic indicators, and an assortment of other topics with town staff already gained engaged in tracking or exploratory in nearly every category news drive at five headlines continue on we've got more news stories and our charlotte home and remodeling show ticket giveaway right after the break patrick reynolds taking you home news drive at five here at wsic we'll be back We'll be back
0: with more of the News Drive at 5 with Patrick Reynolds in just a moment on 105.9, 100.7 WSIC. It's the News Drive at 5 with Patrick Reynolds on 105.9, 100.7 WSIC. Local starts here.
1: Back to the News Drive at 5. I am Patrick Reynolds with you on this Wednesday, February 21st, 2024, 5.48 p.m. on the East Coast. It is time for more tickets for the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show this weekend, giving away to one lucky caller right now. Show takes place Friday, Saturday, Sunday this weekend at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. Craig Conover of Bravo's hit series, Southern Charm, will be appearing at the show Friday and Saturday. You want a four-pack of winning tickets right now, 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464, and those tickets are yours. Just to complete the thoughts on Davidson and their budget discussions... Pursuit of an accessible kayak launch facility seems destined for consent agenda approval at the board February 27th meeting upcoming. With the opportunity for a financing partnership with Duke Energy, the town is positioned to initiate efforts to add an accessible kayak launch along with ADA compliant parking spaces at Parham Park on the town's southwestern edge. The park is on the Lake Cornelius section of Lake Norman east of I-77. At the meeting, project manager Doug Wright said the cost estimate for the project, which includes specialized equipment to help disabled individuals get in and out of a kayak, is $550,000, which includes a $92,000 contingency fee. Also in Davidson, well, we've got some furry, furry friends. we got Big Poppy, Snoopy, Marbra Rose, Ming Ming, and 146 of their closest friends. They departed a crowded plane at the Statesville Regional Airport earlier this month for a second chance at life thanks to local rescues at a Davidson veterinary hospital. The dogs, cats, and even bunnies, they're stacked in crates to the top of the plane. They came from St. Thomas and St. John, part of the U.S. Virgin Islands in the Caribbean. They landed here a few weeks ago. Last Chance Air, which transported the animals, then flew to Boston and St. Louis with the remaining 250 animals. All 400 of the animals were, were scheduled to be euthanized on February 15th due to severe overcrowding. That will no longer happen. This transport nonprofit, Pets with Wings, out of St. Thomas, teamed up with Last Chance Air and Whole Pet Veterinary Hospital in Davidson, which has a global outreach mission to make their largest ever freedom flight happen. Pets with wings said their previous largest evacuation was 333 animals in seven days. Dr. Nicole Sheehan, founder of Whole Pet Veterinary Hospital, said she and technician Emily Farmarinto became involved in island rescues after joining a rescue mission in Puerto Rico in 2020. They befriended a group of rescuers who came together a few times a year to make a difference with various animals in need often out of the Caribbean. Sheehan said, quote, Each takes a part of the challenge Whole Pet provided the medical care, end quote. Whole Pet Global Outreach was born and now participates in one or two rescue missions a year. During the mission, Whole Pet committed to treating 12 heartworm-positive dogs and adopting out 24 dogs, 15 cats and kittens, and three bunnies. Various other rescuers attempted to into take their remaining homeless pets, including Lake Norman Humane in Mooresville, which took 10 dogs, who will soon be available for adoption. Piedmont Animal Rescue, also of Mooresville, they provided volunteers to help transport the animals from the airport to their next destination. Also assisting or taking in animals were Stray Rescue of St. Louis, Ben's Branches, Pets and Prayers. Angels Helping Angels, Grammy Rose, Heart of Glass Rescue, and others. Volunteer Jill Trunnell with Ben's Branches, which provides logistical support to rescue missions, said some of the transported animals still do not have a place to go, so they are being boarded until a rescue has room. Dozens of dogs are receiving heartworm treatment, being spayed or neutered, and receiving some basic training. Trunnell said the 10 taken by Lake Norman Humane were part of the group of 39 dogs that did not have placement initially until the rescue stepped up. Amy Mayers, a Humane Society of St. Thomas volunteer, commented on the Lake Norman Humane's Facebook page. Thank you so much for taking these sweet and precious souls. They have been part of my life since the day they arrived at the Humane Society of St. Thomas. I promised each of them better days were coming. Thank you for helping me keep that promise. They are the most amazing dogs you will ever meet. They are purebred coconut retrievers. That's what they call island dogs and a nickname. The most grateful dogs you could ever adopt. Many have never known the love of a home, a family, or a fluffy bed. Thank you so much. Now, the island rescue organizations acknowledge their pet overpopulation is also an issue in the United States in that rescues here face challenges of their own, yet could not let so many animals perish. Even though many of the partner shelters are still experiencing their own capacity issues, many are stepping up. Whole Pet has already adopted out a few of the animals they took in, but they have many more available. The cats and kittens, all 18 months old or younger, can be visited inside Whole Pet, and I think this was where a lot of you wanted wanted to know where I was going with this story. So we've got cats and kittens, Whole uh, Pet and Davidson. You can check them out during their business hours, Monday through Friday. Pictures of the adoptable dogs, ages one to four, that are residing uh, yes residing in foster homes. Around the windows outside the office, and some can be seen on their Facebook page. Whole Pet is also planning a meet-and-greet for the animals on Friday, February 23rd. That's just two days from now. That will be at the Davidson location in conjunction with Ben's Branches and Lake Norman Humane. Now, the Lake Norman Humane's coconut retrievers, those are the island dogs, they'll be on their website if you want to have a look at those, lakenormanhumane.org. In their social media, once they're ready for adoption. And if you can't adopt but want to help the global outreach mission, fosters are still needed for dogs, and funds are needed for the heartworm treatment, which cost about thousand dollars per dog. So you can contact Whole Pet uh, at wholepetvets.com. Ben's Branches also needs funds to cover the cost of boarding the remaining dogs. If you would like to donate, you can do so at bensbranches.org. In Boone, 14 athletes from Special Olympics Iredell County met up with athletes from across the southeast at Appalachian Ski Mountain between Blowing Rock and Boone to kick off the 2024 Special Olympics Southeast U.S. Winter Games with alpine skiing and snowboarding. Coach Joe Geegan led the delegation and ensured that each athlete was prepared to face the elements by providing ski bibs, jackets, and helmets. The team members stood out in their bright yellow jackets as they competed over the course of a three-day event against athletes from Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Tennessee. Athletes participated in time trials and were divisioned according to their ability, level, and age. Special Olympics Iredell County had an outstanding showing. First-year skier Merritt Tuck won gold in his division after moving up from beginner to level two. Many more winners with Special Olympics. It's a great story to see. Uh, Glad the dogs and the cats and the bunnies are getting adopted. So lots of good news to end tonight's broadcast on. As always, right after the news drive at 5 tonight, Producer Joe Berg takes over the controls with the scoreboard. We've got a hump day Wednesday. Joe, how are you doing tonight? What do we got for the scoreboard? I'm doing wonderful. You know, there's a lot of baseball about to start.
2: Yes. A lot of baseball. Yeah, pitchers and
1: catchers are flying to warm warm weather.
2: Not only that, but tomorrow... We have some high school baseball starting.
1: High school baseball? It is
2: already here.
1: Like a scrimmage or a practice? No, so what like a
2: regular season game. Get out! I'm not even
1: kidding. It's still still February. Man. It is February. Wow, it's cold okay. time to
2: be playing baseball.
1: I just read a story from the Special Olympics athletes that were skiing and snowboarding. Now so we already got high baseball. school baseball. Yes. Wow. It's been a quick year. And you just had a big story on college football playoffs last night. Yes college
2: football baseball it's we're always off season i guess that's that's the theme of the
1: week we're never we're never really off season i guess that's what it is <laughs> so big show with the scoreboard coming up at uh gosh about 60 sec. well i'm we're done here in about 60 seconds just about yeah or minute and a half whatever but yeah scoreboard coming up right after top of the hour so high school baseball and is it okay to clue in our audience at the special guest that you recorded something with earlier today? Or do we got to keep that Ooh, a secret? That's not
2: for today. Okay, yeah. Well, it's for a little later in the week.
1: Okay, well, I'll, I'll tease the audience and saw I saw the graphic up. <laughs> Joe talked to somebody pretty cool and special today. from With uh, uh,
2: Charlotte FC.
1: Okay, with Charlotte FC. well, all
2: right. As we get close to soccer season. See, it's a lot of things about to A lot of things
1: going on. You're going to need more than an hour.
2: Even though football ended, there's still sports going on.
1: (laughs) Life after the Super Bowl. It's a wonderful thing.
2: Plus, this weekend we got Atlanta.
1: Uh, Cars turning left.
2: One of the worst tracks on the schedule
1: now. You know, now I love Atlanta just because you hate it. That is good radio. Yes. Tomorrow on the News Drive at 5, I will have a sit-down one-on-one with Jason Sane, North Carolina representative for District 97, also the host of All Things Sane here on WSIC News Talk. The News Drive at 5 conversation series tomorrow, Thursday, 5 p.m., I go one-on-one. With Jason Sane in a conversation. News drive at 5 weekdays, 5 p.m. here at WSIC. Patrick Reynolds saying good night. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Serving you better than ever before. 1059 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, Morrisville, North Charlotte.